Hello everyone, welcome to the 12th episode of In The Vitrine. My name is Nadia. And this is Danny. And today we're going to be talking about the idea of capsule wardrobes. Mm. Okay, so how do we begin thinking about that? Well, uh, last week I was preparing a lecture on identities, fashioning identities, and I came upon the idea of wearing uniforms. So not like, you know, if you're going to school, you're in a uniform or to work. But in everyday life, um, I think plenty of people have this idea that they want to just pare down what they have in their wardrobe so they don't think too much about it and they just wear pretty much the same thing every day. Yes, so capsule wardrobes have this idea of utility being essential, being basics in your wardrobe. And that kind of has a bit of a utopian idea in it. So if we go back in time, artists and thinkers like the Italian futurist Ernesto Thayat created the tuta in, the, in 1919. Mm. And the tuta was this um, very practical, very modern jumpsuit that was meant to be genderless. And in Russia in the 1920s, Lubov Popova was famous for also creating a version of this. Varvara Stepanova and Alexander Rochenko, also artists based in Russia, also created versions of this kind of, they are what we call the Russian constructivists. And they were also thinking about this idea of um, a garment that could remove social strata, that could be modern, that could be worn by both men and women, and that looked beautiful too, beautiful and practical. Mm. So we have that kind of background which has inspired a lot of modern fashion designers mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so I'm thinking about, you know, 1985 when Donna Karen of Donna Karen New York, DKNY, um, created this collection of what she called Seven Easy Pieces. I'm sure you've come across it, right, Danny? Yes, and what I loved, what I loved about this, mm. um, I've been really into paper patterns recently, going yeah. back to paper patterns and looking at vintage paper patterns and paper patterns designed by contemporary designers. And I chanced upon this um, series that Vogue did with Donna Karen mm. two years after she launched Seven EC Pieces. So Vogue Patterns still produces paper patterns and they do have this section called Five Easy Pieces. Mm. So it's like they're creating what they call these different staples that you could sew at home and they can be interchangeable and they can be um, matched with one another. Right. Um, and I mean, you know, if we think about why Donna Karen created the seven easy pieces on her own first and then eventually with the five easy pieces for Vogue patterns, um, she said at the time that, uh, you know, so many women find assembling the right clothes bewildering today. They've discovered fast ways to put food on the table, but they do not know how to get their wardrobes together easily. So her idea was definitely, yes, based on the idea of staples or what she called the right basics. Um, And I think it really struck a note with women at the time because, you know, they were going out to work. And, you know, it was the first time that happened. So it was like, well, what do we wear to the office, right? How do we present ourselves uh, well? How do we do that without, you know, breaking the bank? And how do we get a hit as well, you know, with a suitable wardrobe? So that's what she did. And... I'm just thinking about what she included in the wardrobe. Um, I think there was probably like, you know, a white shirt, a little black dress, an evening dress, a black leather jacket. Um, Things that, you know, we still think of today as staples in any wardrobe to have. Yeah. And what I love about the presentation also was that the models were for the original 1985 Seven Easy Pieces. Mm -hmm. The models were wearing this black 
um, body suits. Body suits yeah. that hark back to the idea of like modern dance. Yeah. And then, um, so this idea of movement and modernity. Definitely. And also, I mean, in the 80s, there was this exercise craze, yes. right? You know, with like the Jane Fonda workout video and book and also Richard Simmons as well. Yes. Um, I'm also thinking about the song Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John. I mean, I know it's not really about... Um, exercising per se, but the music video mm. is such a gem with yeah. like that workout gear look. I mean, check out these images from 1987. There mm. were, they were, they are half bodysuits, and the top half of the bodysuit is a shirt. Right. So they look very neat when you wear them. Mm. No, it's called 1987. Oh. Yeah. And when you wear them, they look very neat because they look like they are tucked into your garment, but right. they will never untuck. So there yeah. is this idea of like being presentable but mobile. Yeah, so and practical as well. Yes. Mm. And um, they were also done in fabrics that that don't seem like they crumple too easily. Mm-hmm. And so we're very suitable for looking professional in the mm. workplace. Definitely. Well, I mean, you know, we are also seeing how there are designers in fashion who have capsule wardrobes or, you know, even more severely what we would call uniforms, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, if you think about people like Karl Lagerfeld, the late Karl Lagerfeld, you know, he always had that suit on with the cravat and, you know, the sunglasses. His hair was in the same kind of style with the ponytail. Yes. Um, another one I can think of really easily would be Michael Kors. He's always in, like, that all-black ensemble with the blazer and the t-shirt and the pants and, of course, the sunglasses. And yeah. apparently he changes his shoes <laughs> um, in an interview he did before. But, you know, the look is the same. And I think there's something to be said about how you can just wake up, you go to your wardrobe, you don't have to think about it, and you can focus your energies on other things. Yes. And that's what's so great, I think, about the idea of a capsule wardrobe. Yeah, it is very uh, idealistic also. And I, I also look... I also presented this idea to my students when we look at casual wear and the rise of casual wear. And the people who really... There was this um, internet subculture called Normcore. So that you you are so normal that it's hardcore. (laughs) And so they were wearing like very plain t-shirts and pants and uh, things that you could find in the gap. So the people who kind of brought in this idea or made this idea fashionable were the techpreneurs. Like... Mm. um, like uh, Steve Facebook Jobs, people. yes, and Mark Zuckerberg. Like, yeah. there's this famous video of Mark Zuckerberg opening up his wardrobe, and just you see the same hoodie in f- like 50 versions of yeah. the same hoodie. Yeah. And so, this idea of like the changing roles that we have. So, now people are working freelance or remotely, and they could have a Skype call, and on the top, they could be wearing a very presentable shirt but they're not even wearing proper trousers or still in their bedroom sleepers right so this idea of like being able to the the kind of jobs that we have now and the kind of lifestyles that we have now allow us to be more casual Mm. and to i feel that's also the rise what created the rise in kind of sportswear and that's true more uniform clothing so it's like you don't really have to you know dress like you know in corporate America or something right Um, or just like have a very corporate kind of wardrobe you can dictate what you wear um, and it's fine so actually that made me think of another example um, presented to my students last week Um, this person called Matilda Cull Mm -hmm. she worked uh, well I think she still works at Saatchi and Saatchi and I think in 2013-2014 she decided like you know what I'm not going to be wearing you know different things anymore I'm just gonna wear the same thing every day for three years to work Mm. because um it takes too much brain power to think about what to wear um so she wrote this article in 2015 
in Harper's Bazaar. Um, she talked about how, you know, she was an art director at one of the leading creative agencies, creative advertising agencies in New York. She's given complete freedom over what she wears to the office, but still she was questioning each piece that mm-hmm. she added or subtracted to the outfit. I quite like that she wrote that. I know that she added or subtracted because that's definitely my experience. Like, when we come to work at La Salle, of course, we can also pretty much wear what we want to wear because yes. um, it's like a very creative kind of environment. So long as we are presentable, it's fine. We get to exercise our creativity. Yes. Um, but I think that also opens up a lot of questions. Like, if there is no dress code, um, what should I do, right? So um, she said that, okay, you know, she would think about, like, is this too formal? Is it too out there? Is the dress too short? And she finally chose something um, one morning that she regretted as soon as she was on her way to work. And then when she went to work, she just felt really stressed out. Like, she felt even more stressed out because she saw that, you know, the male workers that she was with, they were just already starting with work. And she felt like, oh gosh, now I'm late because, like, I had this wardrobe malfunction yeah. almost. And she wore her sweater inside out. Yes, and she that's wasn't right. happy with her <laughs> outfit. Yeah, so she felt really frustrated and she decided that, look, I'm going to buy 15 silk white shirts. So again, I don't know what's th- with the number. Yeah, this uh, with seems, the number to be, thing. It seems to be that numbers give us some sort of stability or some yeah. sort of a formula mm. that makes us feel um, comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think formulas and, you know, the, the idea of the like, steps that you can take, yes. right? So like seven, I think, was a great number because it right. makes you think of Monday to Sunday. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And I think it's also because it's so definitive. Like, it's not like, oh, you know, I'm not sure. Um, how many could it be? <laughs> yeah, right. It just seems like because there's a number to hold on to, yeah. even if that number is arbitrary, it yeah. feels comforting. But I love this article that you sent also, the one that we just spoke about. And yeah. that there was this element also still of creativity. So even though she was wearing the same clothing mm. um, or the same look, for, but she did say it was a work outfit, so I'm guessing during the weekends she could go wild. Mm. Um, but th- she did customise the accessories. Mm. So she did this um, leather tie that she got customised. So there is still that element of a designed that's right. uniform that you create for yourself, for something that suits your life and suits yeah. your personality. Yeah. And I think also that, you know, when we're thinking about the, uh, the numbers, um, there's this one person, I think, who came up with the idea of 37 pieces. Yes. Okay, so we're like increasing in number. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I think her name was Carolyn Rector. She had this blog called Unfancy. Um, and in 2014, she decided that, you know, she had had enough as well um, with thinking about what to wear and all that. So she said, okay, I'm going to have a capsule wardrobe of 37 pieces. And she would rotate every three months uh, for the seasons, of mm. course. And that really sparked off this trend as well. You know, this was the age of like, you know, blogs and bloggers and like they were very influential. And um, I think lots of um, platforms picked up the story as well. And you could follow her journey. And what I found interesting about looking at her journey is that she's not particularly fashionable Mm -hmm. or stylish, but she has a unique style, you know, that really suits her, that she's comfortable with. Um, and I think that's the beauty of it you know it's not really about being fashionable or stylish but she did say that because she only had 37 pieces to work with uh, she felt like she really needed to know what she liked and that helped her to be more focused and to know herself better as well mm-hmm. um, to know her identity better to know what worked well for her and because of that she was able to save quite a bit of money as well and definitely hit space you know like everyone else has, has said before this Headspace, yes, that's uh, yeah. That actually seems one. very attractive, and I feel like I've been trying to do that. I mean, last week we talked about renting clothes, and yes. suddenly I've been thinking about 
um, buying buying less. Okay, we're sorry about the noise. There's some commotion going on on the side. Yes. Um, but yeah, and you know, it's about also you know this whole condo movement, the Marie Condo movement. So um, I read. Marie Kondo's book like quite a while back oh you did yeah you know and I really like the idea of how you know she was saying that if you declutter your wardrobe you can declutter your life right and Mm. that if something is not going right in your life and you know it manifests in like your belongings your possessions your um, immediate living space and if you were to just kind of like Mm, divest yourself of all these things that are cluttering your your physical environment, you would be able to clear up space in your head as well to achieve what you wanted to in life. <laughs> so it's kind of like saying declutter your wardrobe, declutter your life, um, achieve the dreams you want. And of course, she's become um, even more famous now with her series on Netflix about declaring things. And the idea that the idea is that you would. Um, get rid of things from, you know, not just your wardrobe, but like your books and things like that, by looking at them, by touching them and seeing if they spark joy and if they no longer spark joy or serve their purpose, you have to get rid of them. I mean, all this comes from a very high capitalist society, right? Where we have so many objects that we're just in a place of excess and we have all this... Um, luxury to think about how mm. we want to minimize. Yeah, I remember watching the minimalist documentary as well, and they did mention things like the ty- like how most houses in America are not are not used, and mm-hmm. so people have been going into tiny homes mm-hmm. and also capsule wardrobes. Mm. So just picking a number of clothing to just rotate until they were worn out. Yeah. And also the idea of mending. I mean, we don't do that anymore, right? No. Um, I always think about like the World War Two kind of. Um, oh, I love the uh, yeah, make, do make do and, and mend thing. Yeah. Um, so we don't do that anymore. Yeah, but you're interested in like you know the idea of mending and yes. visible mending as well. That was it? my MA dissertation. Yeah. So I was I was looking at historically how people mended out of um, necessity, and now right. because we have so much. We don't even wear out our clothing no. so that we can even we can't even get to the stage of mending. Yeah. So do you think you could do a capsule wardrobe, Danny? Or do you already have one? You know, I just remembered that we actually do get the student like when we teach them fashion design in La Salle, we ask them to do capsule collections. Mm-hmm. But none of them have really looked at it in terms of like a very comprehensive capsule that mm. they could sell to somebody and that could be their whole like right wardrobe. I I I love the idea. Yeah. And you were talking to me about the Claire McCardell example. Yes. Yeah. But I'm I haven't managed to locate where right. the text was, but I remember that I mean she does prelude Donna Karen mm. in terms of like that modern American mm. female wardrobe Mm-mm. for women. Yeah. And the idea of capsule wardrobes are also very good for, for example, women who travel for work or like mm. have to pack everything into a little suitcase. Oh, that's so true. And a lot of times they are meant to be also in materials that don't crumple too easily, like yes. jersey pieces. Yes. And that makes me think also about, um, okay, again, I don't have the specifics, but I remember looking at Kickstarter before and how there are these... There's this like outfit where you can wear it in like multiple ways. Oh my gosh, I I you know which I one I'm showed, talking about. Yeah, I wanted Did to you? show you that as well. Okay, but there was this fad also in the twenty twenty tens, I think, when I was still in school, and I was subscribing to these like craft blogs. Mm. So you could join all these communities and share what you made, 
And this idea of the infinity dress mm. was very big. So it's basically a circular skirt in jersey yeah. with two straps, long straps that just extend out from from the waist. Yeah. And that you're meant to tie around your body in different yeah. ways. Right. And um, yeah, so the idea is great. But when you see it on the hanger, it looks <laughs> terrible. And No hanger appeal. Yeah, it has <laughs> no hanger appeal. And um, the silhouette's quite similar, so I haven't, I never saw it catch on. But okay, it's it sounds it's a like idea. a great idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think we are always in love with the idea, and I'm thinking also about how, um, you know, even the idea of just making things very tiny, that's <laughs> also very comforting, right? You know, yeah. like when we were in school, I remember that, um, you know, people would have these, I don't know, windbreakers. Oh yes, and you could like fold them into like a tiny little <laughs> bag, thing, and that yeah. was so awesome. Yeah, this maybe. We should examine and see if all these ideas of like capsules or like having little have anything to do with the idea of instability as well. Because okay. the less you have, the easier it is to pack your belongings. And then and you can run away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, the idea of travel and capsule wardrobes is, yeah, it's spot on because, you know, you have that amount of luggage space. And I always think to myself, like, I hate checking in luggage. Yes. So I always try to do carry on. Um, yes. Even if I'm traveling with my kids, I'm just like, let's squeeze in as much yes. as we can. Let's bring as few things as we can. Um, I agree. And you can just live from the plane. Exactly. So, I really hate waiting at the luggage carousel. Like, it drives me nuts. But one thing about um, having a capsule wardrobe yeah. or thinking about capsules is that in Singapore, our, we're always in the same temperature it's like mm. the hot tropics Mm-mm. and right now I'm trying to pack for Bogota, Colombia which you're going to next week which I'm going to pay tomorrow actually oh my goodness I'm sorry okay it's, it's already here yes. okay <laughs> and I have to pack for 18 degrees and I can't even remember what 18 degrees is like Mm. but at night it goes down to 9 degrees and it's already like, I'm thinking bulky you know just like winter clothing yeah. is just bulky yeah so, so there actually, is that yeah and I'm wondering whether then, like, in Singapore, it's easier to have a capsule wardrobe. Because I think so. you don't have to rotate every three months. And, you know, things are pretty light and thin and comfortable. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, I'm not sure how it's going to go. But um, I'm also thinking about how, you know, when we do capsule wardrobes, and I'm sure you try to declutter as I do the wardrobe. Because, like, at some point it gets untenable. Or I get really annoyed when you know I have that conundrum of I mean super first world conundrum of having a wardrobe full of things and no clothes to wear (laughs) that drives me nuts um, as well and do you ever regret any decluttering so I know that Marie Kondo is all about like sparking joy and then if things don't serve you anymore you throw them away but yeah I do but they are usually like things that were thrown away so long ago that I probably over romanticize them in my head. Oh, like so I rem- true. I remember this vintage pair of boots, reddish brown boots that yeah. reminded me of like uh, Peter Pan's boots or something. They yeah. were pointy with a gold buckle. Yeah. And I loved them so much. And they made this amazing sound when the heels clicked. They were wooden heels. Mm-hmm. And then my mom threw them away. No. And then I, <laughs> I've been, yeah, I always think about them. And every time I, the issue of like, cleaning up like doing spring cleaning comes up I'll be like you remember that pair of boots okay I hear you (laughs) and you know I've had you know this idea of like okay gosh you know I I try to declutter my wardrobe and I sell them at platforms like you know the fifth collection which we mentioned last week or style tribute um, or I put things up for sale on carousel and things like that and then sometimes 
you know, they don't sell. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'll take them back, you know. And I'm like, oh, luckily they didn't sell because I actually love them. Why did I even throw them away, you know, in that sense? But I always have this experience when, like, I put them on again and I'm like, okay, now I remember why I didn't want it anymore because it doesn't suit anymore, you know. Like, it doesn't feel like me. It doesn't fit very well because, like, you know, our bodies change and everything. So you've never regretted selling things? I would like to say that, yes, no regrets, whatever. I'm like, no, I don't want it anymore. Then I don't want it anymore. Very decisive. Um, But I do think, you know, the idea of Casio wardrobes can't really extend to you know like special occasions because I think the idea of capsule wardrobes is really for the everyday mm. and um, I have had moments when I'm like okay I have to go for a special event like you know someone's wedding or I need to dress up a bit more and I'm like oh you know gosh I shouldn't have like thrown or given away that dress for instance yeah. because you do need something special um, I mean it's called occasion wear for a reason right you wear it for an occasion, but you also wear it occasionally. Um, and we have to allow for those pieces as well. Yeah, and this reminds us of like the different functions that clothing and fashion have. Mm-hmm. So, of course, there's that element of utility and, and functionality, but there's also the idea of um, social interaction mm. and having to move. We are social beings and we are bodies that move through space and through situations and they yeah. and dress helps us to maneuver these situations yeah definitely you know we were just at that club 21 bazaar sale yes. okay so for those who are not in singapore um club 21 um has this great big like bazaar sales in these convention halls where they sell like designer labels at really like cut prices so you know we can buy things so this year we could buy things from like the 2017 or 2018 collections for like 80% off or 85% off right the label prices and Danny and I both went as did like I guess all our colleagues and (laughs) almost all of our students I saw so many of them there Um, but you didn't buy anything no well I bought two things mm-hmm. but they were um, together just less than $100 oh wow yeah so I was very disciplined as well but we were able to see like amazing pieces from designers yes. such as like I don't know like Tom Brown Molly and Goddard I, I mean I amazing stuff I saw uh, Grace Rills Bonner who's this right. designer that oh, I gosh, love oh gosh I didn't see that yeah. but it was just a shirt okay but it, it's also this idea of like how we love fashion and we know the stories of the fashion designers yeah. and what they stand for mm. and sometimes we ascribe that value to any clothing that they make Yeah, but it, if you look at the clothing itself that's not what it's saying right? No <laughs> and I mean you know there were even very indie or very new upcoming sort of labels like I saw Shushu Tong as I told you Yes, you know or like I don't know other things like I MSGM. saw Charles Jeffrey. Yeah, mm. right. Just like a whole plethora of things. And it was so nice to see and touch these things yes. um, in person. But somehow I just didn't feel compelled to buy it. And I don't know whether it was because... I don't know what it was. You know, the cues Me to pay. Neither. Or like, you know, I just like looking at them, but I don't need to own them. Because I certainly feel that way for a lot of like art books, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, or, yeah, what has gotten guess, to us. Yeah, I guess it's a mixture of things. And yeah. also... Um, the sizing, like things True. have to fit well, yeah. and and also this idea of am I buying it because it's a steal or am I buying it because I love it and yeah. I want it in my wardrobe. Yeah, so then the idea of capsule wardrobes also, you know, brings to mind the idea of like wastage. Yes, as well, right? So I know that now I'm trying so hard not to buy from like H and M or Zara. I mean, it's not to make a statement or anything. I still like looking at things. I still like. You know, knowing that they are there and they provide lots of people with like fashion options at, you know, low prices. But I just know that if I buy 
any of these things, it's not going to last in my wardrobe because yes. I'm going to wear them like a few times and I'm going to think, oh, you know what? I'm not going to bother anymore because they're not that well made or, you know, the trend goes or they're not that comfortable. Um, so there's been like a whole series of like smock dresses, um, very Cecily Bunsen yes. at Zara. And um, I've been seeing them on students and that's why I'm like, oh gosh, no, I really like that. Let's go and see it in the Zara store. Um, and actually... I think it was yesterday that Jeanette, one of our colleagues, she sent me this link and she was like, oh, this dress is so you. And it was like a taffeta magenta pink kind of dress, also a smock shape from Zara. And I want to try it. And I mean, it's cute, but the material is like, you know, that plasticky thing I I don't like. I mean, you know, we talked about it in our plastic episode. And so I thought, okay, you know, I'm not going to buy this because it costs, you know, um, I think about like $70, $60, $70. And... As you know, I'm already renting clothes from Thread, And that's like about $89 per month. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, okay, wait a minute. You know, I could get like a limitless wardrobe almost, right? That is shared with all the subscribers. Or I can get this one thing that I don't like that much anyway. Or that I don't find that comfortable. Which I will probably throw away soon. <laughs> and so there's this like, you know, internal battle that happens, I think, when you do a capsule wardrobe. And you have to ask yourself some really hard questions. <laughs> But I think these are things that the whole sustainability dialogue is now exploring, right? Mm. Like, how do people make decisions on what to buy, what to wear, what to rent now? Because Mm. before, people would rent maybe wedding dresses. And even then, before that, people were making wedding dresses Mm. or wearing their mom's wedding dress. So, like, passing down, like an heirloom. Something to be treasured. Yes. And, you know, there is also the idea of... um, it, the infinity dress that yeah. and utopian ideas of dress and all these different ideas that fashion has kind of touched on throughout yeah. history. But you know, that also brings to mind the idea of using um, capsule wardrobe or sustainability not, you know, for its own sake but as marketing tools. Yes. So, we, um, when you told me that we were going to do the cap- when you, you were thinking about capsule wardrobes, I came across this edit in Netta Porter just last week that was called um, How to Create the Ultimate Capsule Wardrobe. Mm. And these are the words that they use. Essentials, basics, wardrobe, fail-safes. Whatever you call them, these nine key pieces are the unshakable foundations of any look. Mm. But all these pieces that they are proposing are also trend-based pieces. Yeah. And so sometimes... Uh, fashion I mean not sometimes like fashion magazines have start, have often used words like staples like a wardrobe staple and this staple changes every season so how how much of a staple is it really yeah and of course I mean the fashion system it thrives on novelty right thrives yep. on change I mean that's why you know every season we're like wow what's new and yep. what's you know the next thing and you know how do I participate in this like idea that I am fashionable and I'm keeping up with the trends and so it's not that sustainable after all. I mean, the way they are using it, right? Because we are thinking like, wow, okay, we should buy this then because we want to create this wardrobe, a capsule wardrobe, wardrobe yeah. of essentials and basics. But I mean, it's just kind of like a call to consume even more. So I think as we are consuming and as we're trying to pare down or like declutter, we must be very mindful of, you know, not just saying yes to everything that, you know, has the word sustainability or capsule or uniform inside them, but to be really true to ourselves and our motivations, our intentions. Um, And to be like, okay, if I do this, am I really being sustainable? If that's the goal. Or if I do this, am I really kind of, you know, having that capsule wardrobe? Or am I just amassing more and more things and kind of forgetting the the big plot? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, that um, brings to mind one of my favourite fashion articles ever. Um, it's called One is the Loveliest Colour. Oh, yes. <laughs> I love the, the article. You just um, sent it to me as well. Yeah. And there were some like uh, fantastic quotes from that. For example, there Definitely. was somebody who only wore white. And one of the questions was, well, how do you keep your clothes clean? Mm. And they answered, I carry tight to go. If yeah. I spill red wine, I just rub it off. I should write a book about wearing white. Which I is know, true. It's <laughs> so cool. Um, and I mean, you know, this article uh, was written 11 years ago. Wow. Um, it was published on Valentine's Day 2008, <laughs> written by one of my favourite, um, I don't want to call her a blogger because I think she's kind of evolved beyond that, but it's by Joanna Godard. She has this platform called cupofjo.com. And it always has very interesting articles for women. I've read her page or her website since it started. So anyway, she yeah, she knows she was talking about how these people have like wardrobes that are based on a single colour, mm-hmm. right? That's why one is the loveliest colour. And so the one you mentioned was someone who always wore white. And then there's also people who just wear blue or just wear green. And I thought the brown one that you mentioned. Oh my gosh, the, really the gentleman who wore only brown um was funny he yeah. had this question posed to him are there any downsides to wearing brown mm. and he said i've been invited to two events that required black tuxedos so i didn't go <laughs> it's so funny yeah. and yeah and it, it makes you think of how again like i said clothing performs a social function as well yeah. and even things like color exactly and even that quote about how wearing white requires certain types of um, certain types of precautions or certain mm. types of ways of moving around the world yeah. and being careful with what you're sitting on or what you're eating. It's really, it's really amazing, like the different it possibilities is. and nuances that any kind of, yeah. um, what do you, what do you call it? Like, um, any kind of restriction that's right creates within people. We're so resourceful even within our restrictions. And there's this idea of discipline as well, I think, right? I mean, with the numbers, like, you have to just get that precise number or with these people who wear just one colour, it is just that one colour. I mean, they love it. Yes. um, But, you know, not everything, for example, not everything is made in the colour that they like. So some of these respondents, they also say, like, well, I buy them in another colour, the original colour, and I dye it (laughs) the colour I want it to be. So that's really fun also. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know whether I'll ever be able to just wear one colour. I don't think so. Well, I was wearing a lot of black. Mm. But there are some mm-hmm. exceptions. I it is a very versatile colour. It is a very versatile colour. I'm also wondering about things that we don't wear. Um, so, for instance, I mean, the idea of capsule wardrobes feels like you are denying yourself of something, that you are actively... Um, excluding things also, right? But yep. then I also think sometimes we end up having a capsule wardrobe or a particular look that we are not even aware of. Yes. Um, so for instance, I think a couple of weeks ago, my year one students, I mean, they've only seen me for like a few months. So they were like, uh, for that particular day on a Wednesday, which is when I have lots of classes, um, I usually wear black. I didn't realise this, but I had done that because I'm just like, oh, today's such a long day. Um, I need to eat like a really hurried lunch. I If I spill something on myself, which I always do, <laughs> then I don't want to have to worry about it, you know, or like I feel comfortable in black because I'm like shrouded in this very comforting colour and I don't have to be extra careful like wearing white. But that particular Wednesday, I had rented a matte thread dress that I was going to have to return um, that very day. So I was like, okay, I'm going to wear white today. And my students were like, 
you're wearing a different colour than black. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't wear black every day. But I realised that on that day when I saw them, <laughs> I had always, Worn till black. then, wore that colour. So they had in their mind already like what I like to wear or what I would wear. And wearing something different kind of like sparked a whole conversation. <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting, you know, that um, maybe to us, we might not think of ourselves as having capsule wardrobes, but to other people who observe us, they might think we do. Or they might think that we have a particular style that we always adhere to. So yes. that's also f- fun to think about. Yeah. Okay. Okay then, well... We'll wrap up today's episode on capsule wardrobes and thank you for listening. Thank you very much. If you like this episode, um, don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast from and you can leave us comments on Instagram. We love to hear from you. Yes, follow us on Instagram so you can see all the amazing photos um, that Danny uploads um, and you know gives like amazing captions for we hope you enjoy all the things that we have created through in the vitrine see you next time see you Bye. bye